<laughs> That's awesome, right? What a great uh, add-on. Good find, Eric. Uh, my name is Robert Bradford. I'm a teaching pastor here at The Grove, and we are so excited that you are here. Um, we have been praying for you and looking forward to the opportunity to, to sharing with you this experience so that you can come and be enriched and leave with some tools to help you in your life. Um, our focus is healthy people uh, do healthy things, and, and we want to provide everything we can for you to live the best, best life possible. Uh, last week, or we are in a series called First, and last week Eric kicked us off. Um, as you could tell from the from the video here, last week we had the original, um, Abbott Costello doing that. Uh, it was fantastic. I haven't seen that in such a long time. And uh, Eric talked about the concept of putting God first. Really, that's what this series is, is about, is putting God first. And and you may be you may be here. You're not a Christian, right? And and to you, maybe you're starting to check out. You're you're thinking, oh well, he's talking about all this God stuff, putting God first. It really doesn't have anything to do with me. I just want to encourage you to hang in there. Um, I'll, some of what I'm going to say is very compelling. Um, it, it applies to you regardless of whether you're we're talking about putting God first or not. And and it's possible that what I'm going to share with you today, if you're in that situation, may be compelling enough to you that you will actually consider uh, wanting to become a Christian. So please stay with me. Um, Eric talked about the the four key things that he talked about is started off with the concept that that we need to live by principles. We need we need if we don't live by principles, our life gets out of order. Really, that's the core of what he had to say. And he talked about the principle of see, do and get. A lot of times we see something that we want. um, And certainly in our culture um, with 4G and all that it used to be the microwave generation. Now with a 4G generation, uh, you know, you just want to get, you don't want to do. And the do part are all the principles and all the things that, and all of the work that has to be done before you can really get that. He talked about that as an illustration, a tree that the root structure under the tree is it played, it took a lot of time, took a lot of work. And it's the, a huge part of why that tree um, was able to bear that fruit. And and those for us, in, in terms of first, and what we're talking about, is putting God's principles, putting God and his principles first in our lives and applying that to our lives and, and living a principle-centered life. He gave us that great quote from uh, uh, Dennis, Dave Ramsey. I worked with this lady named Denise at Ramsey, and I always get confused. Dave Ramsey. Um, and Dave, Dave basically said that, you know, when you live your life by principles, um, 99% of your decisions are already made. They're already made because you, you are, you're living a life based on these things. And so these other extraneous things that, that come in, um, are, they just don't have an effect or a play or are given any time uh, to, to distract you from what you are intending to do. Um, it's the, the concept of living uh, by a clock versus by a compass. Um, when you live by a clock, you're trying to cram everything you can in. You're, you know, you have all this activity, all this stuff. There's no priority, nothing. You're just running down the road trying to get it done by a certain time. Um, when you live by a compass, it's it's a lot clearer, right? I'm heading north. This is where I'm going. 
that's going to take me east, that's going to take me west, I don't need to do those things, I'm focusing on north. When we apply God's principles to our lives, we put God first in our lives, it is like living by a compass. I am headed north, this is where I'm going, God is leading, I'm following. Uh, Then he he gave us a fantastic illustration, I think Janine really loved this illustration, since she won the jar, um, of the jar, right? And this jar representing our life. And uh, basically, I'll pick it up later, okay? <laughs> there was some mom in here who said, I hope you're not going to leave that there. Somebody might trip. So, sorry. So, um, the concept basically is that, you know, God being the mango, the big thing in our life, and uh, the oranges, and Eric's favorite avocados are in here. When we put those things first, when we give order to our life and we get God in there first, then the other things will fit. And he gave us that great illustration with the good and plenty and, and the Snickers. We had a great time after church with all that stuff. Um, then we're able to get the lid on. You know, and, and basically it brings order to our life and things fit. Things fit. So that was last week. Um, I'm excited today because I get to take you to the next, the next spot in this, and that is how. Right? We kind of talked about what it is, what it means, what it looks like to some degree. Now we're going to talk about how. Um, for myself, um, I've been a Christian for I don't remember when. My dad was a youth pastor. I grew up in the church. Uh, but when I really, I had a rebellious time, those teen years, you know, they're tough. Um, when I gave my life really committed and I owned my faith, I stepped into that place that we're talking about of putting God first. So, I mean, it was hard. I mean, there, there are like some areas where it was like, I can do this. This is easy. It's not, I can do that. This area was like, I don't know. You know, putting God first in my finances and trying to tithe, like, we, well, Laurie and I were first married, you know, we barely had a car. I'm not sure you could, I mean, anyway, you know, we had that, and, you know, you're just barely making it, and, and some pastors preaching about putting God first in your finances and tithing, giving 10% to the church, to, and all, I mean, it was scary, right? It was challenging. I, I, I found it very difficult, and, and the truth is this, okay? The same thing that causes me to have that challenge. The same barrier to me putting God first is the same barrier that all of us face when we are, are attempting to put God first. It's the same barrier. I'm unique, but my situation isn't, right? It's challenging. And basically, it's born, this, this thing, This challenge, this barrier is born in uncertainty. Okay? And uncertainty is really, I mean, it can be good to be uncertain, but when uncertainty is accompanied with fear, then it leads to worry, right? I I start to to, uh, conceive what I think is going to happen. I, I perceive outcomes and where things are going to go. A situation hits my life. Um, my wife lost her job. You know, they, they closed the high school. She's out of a teaching job. Our finances are now looking really scary. And, and I, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. And 
I don't know if I can manage this and how am I going to live through that? And then you start to borrow from tomorrow and you bring it into your day. You smuggle the trouble from tomorrow and you bring it into today and then you're stirred and you've got all this emotion and all this stuff going on and you're, you're not sure, right? That level of uncertainty leading to worry cause puts us in a position where it's like, I become, we all humans become self-focused in that moment, right? Survival stuff kicks in. I'm starting, God is now not in the driver's seat. He's in the back seat. In some cases, depending upon the issue, I've invited crazy to be the navigator in the passenger seat. And I am, I am running down the road. We are going to fix this problem. These people who are causing problems in my life and making, we're going to get them under control and things are going to start happening like they need to so I can cope with my life. Right? God's in the backseat saying, you know, kind of, um, you know, put me first. <laughs> and we're like, just, just a minute. You know, you just hang out, okay? Because I'm, I'm doing something. You weren't, you weren't paying attention when this thing was going on, right? Right? We do something, we do something that's really, really unfair. As humans, we do something that's really, really unfair. And I have done this. I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. When things were good, I was good. God was first. No problem. Right? Then, then this happened. Uncertainty came with fear. Now I'm worried. I'm putting God in the backseat and I run down this road of doing everything my way until right here, right here I see the cliff. And I say, you know what? That's not good. And I think you should be in the front seat. And we throw God in the front seat and the driver's side. We get in the back seat and we go, do something, right? <laughs> right? And when we careen the car off the cliff, what do we do? We blame God. Why didn't you do something about this? If you were a good God, these bad things wouldn't happen to me. Where were you when I needed you? And he's going, I, you put me in the back seat. I respect your authority over your life. You're running the show. If you, that's, you know, if you want me in front, you've got to put me in front. If you put me in back, I'm going to respect you and I'll get in back. And that's how God is. You know, the thing, so, I mean, that's so unfair, but it's true. And I've done that. The thing that we've lost, the thing that went missing in this process, the barrier that prevents us from putting God first in specific areas of our life, the core issue is this. We don't believe in the faithfulness of God. We don't. You know, I, I need to be in control. I don't know. I mean, you want me to tithe. I'm looking at the checkbook and we're barely making it. And, you know, I, I mean, I should be able to go to Starbucks once a month. You know, I, I don't know. You know, the, my kids, they're teenagers. I had three teenagers at once, by the way. So I know this deal. And, you know, putting God first, allowing God to work. Not worry, not control, not freak out. It, it was hard. It was very, very challenging. So what I want to talk about today is this barrier. Because Jesus, in the passage that Eric talked to us about last week, 
He gave us um, what we need to be able to break down this barrier and to step past all of the worry so we're not borrowing from tomorrow to bring in today. How many of you know that? Right? We're, we're so good at thinking. God gave us this brilliant brain and we use it to, to drive ourselves absolutely crazy. <laughs> so let's take a look at this passage, okay? So I wanna, I'm just gonna read through it really quickly because, uh, some of you may not have been here last week to hear the whole thing. I'm gonna go fast, so pay attention, stay with me, and then I'm just gonna highlight a couple of it, a couple of verses, but you need to hear the whole thing. So Jesus is saying, therefore I tell you, so he's out, he's out teaching outside. These people are listening, he's teaching. Okay. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. What he's saying here is, look at the bird. Okay. He doesn't even have what you have. You have the ability to sow. You have the ability to reap. You can build a barn and store what you reap in the barn. This guy has, does not have that ability. And yet your f- heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Again, they don't have the abilities that you have to make your own clothes. Yet, I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Okay, Solomon was one of the richest kings in Israel. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. Okay, the kingdom, that's God first. Righteousness, that's his principles. And all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, third time, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, in, that, in the middle of that, he said, you know, you, you have little faith. The word faith there is not there. The word faith is, is defined as complete trust in, confidence in, or a strong belief in God. So Jesus is kind of pointing out the fact that these guys don't believe in the faithfulness of God, right? So let's just take the fact that he said, don't worry three times. Let's look at this first. So do not worry saying, um, what shall you eat, what shall you drink, or what shall you wear? So the first part, don't worry. Are you kidding me? Right? Are you kidding me? I was born to worry. I come from a long line of worriers. I put an ad in the paper and people call me to share me what to worry about for them because they're not good at it. I'm good at worrying. In fact, I worry about people who don't worry because they aren't worrying because they have things to worry about. Right? (laughs) Worry. I I need to worry. It comes naturally. God made me this way. 
to worry. Right? Fortunately, some of that is true about myself. I'm really good at worrying. And I do come from a long line of warriors. I do. I do. But you know what? The fact that Jesus is saying, do not worry, means something. And it's real, if you're a warrior and you love to worry, this is, I'm going to pop your bubble. This is bad news for you. Okay? What it means? Worry is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice whether we worry or not. A friend of mine is a, a pastor and he was preaching on an, another do not passage. It was do not fear. And he was like, they were, the community was really going through an economic challenge a few, few years ago. And he told me, he says, I, 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 I was going to go out there and preach this message. I was just arguing with the Lord, he said. Do not fear, really? That's what I got to go out there and tell him? Are you kidding? You know, and this is what the Lord impressed upon his heart. He said, pay attention, okay? He said, the one thing that I have given my people is the power of choice. They have the power of choice. Tell them, do not fear. Jesus here is saying, do not worry. Worry is a choice. That's really, that's kind of bad news, right? Right? (laughs) You see, putting God first in your life is completely founded on the choice. The choice to believe in the faithfulness of God. Right? So, Everybody told me, not him, not him, not him. He's not good for you. He's, he's got some ungodly things. This will go bad for you. I'm thinking I just need to go with, not me, you know, you, the female. I think I need to go with him. And, and uh, I'm thinking that would be good for me because I'm, I'm tired of waiting on God. He doesn't seem to know what's going on. And I, I'm ready. So I can choose that. Because I've worried about this whole thing. The clock is ticking, right? You've worried forever. And so now you're, you're in this position of, of doing that. Or if you choose to go with worry, then you would make that mistake. Then live it. And careen your life off a cliff, right? Or you can put God first. And you can apply the principles of God. And you can say, everybody's telling, I'm switch it. Everybody's telling me not her, not her, not her. Because shoot, it's not good for me. I know that relationship is not healthy. I'm going to instead put God first in my life, apply his principles to my life, and I'm going to continue to believe in the faithfulness of God that he will deliver and he will put me in the place I need to be and he will bring me at the right time. In fact, probably why that person isn't here yet is because I need to work on me still. And as I, as I do this, you know, then the person I'm looking for is looking for me, right? That's what happens when we put, when we put God first, right? Worry, uncertainty, fear, they are anti-faith. They are anti-faith. So maybe you're in the worry bucket, right? I mean, that's where you're at. And you're like, I, I, don't, uh, I just don't think I can quit worrying. So you can trust in worry. 
Jesus is saying you can trust in worry or you can you can trust in the faithfulness of God. So so why not trust in the faithfulness of God? Right. So maybe you'd say, well, um, that's absurd. You might say, I'm not sure that will work. You might say, I'm not sure that God will come through. Right. Listen, the, the second part of this is this is when we choose to put God first, we're saying, I choose to trust you with me. I choose to put you first. That's what we're saying. Right. So the question, why not trust the heavenly father? It's absurd. I'm not sure it'll work. I'm not sure God will come through. Can you get on the next slide for me? Yeah. Right. Maybe you're in this slot right here. Okay. Well, let's look at trusting worry then. Right. Next slide. That's absurd. If you're going to trust worry, I, I mean, that's absurd. We know that doesn't work. Right. Worry never comes through. Has worrying ever come through for you? Ever, ever, ever. I am good at it, but it has never come through for me. Ever. Right? Jesus said it this way. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Right? He's like, you know, you're worried about starving to death. Is worrying going to help you live an extra hour without food? No, it won't. In fact... Studies show now that people who worry live shorter lives, right? So it doesn't work. And the question in our head, right, that we're asking when we're thinking about putting God first in a particular area of our life is this, is God trustworthy? And I'm here to tell you, yes, he is. God is faithful, especially when we put him first. We live his principles. God is faithful. God is faithful. So how do we put God first? Well, Jesus says you've got to choose not to worry. Oh, that sucks, right? This is bad. I'm good at that. Do you know why we love to worry? We love to worry because it gives us a sense of control. We feel like we're in control of the situation. And when you take the hands off the wheel and put God in the driver's seat, it can be scary, right? It can be scary. So you got to choose not to worry. And then you need to choose to believe in the faithfulness of God. You have to choose it. And this is my experience. Just real quickly, my experience, we did the whole tie thing. That's like a simple thing I can describe, right? So I said, okay, we're next. Enough. I'm going to give a little bit, okay? I, this guy wants is talking about the Bible saying 10%. I'm going to do a little bit, okay? So... I don't think it was a percentage. It was just an amount. I started giving and so on. And, you know, God started coming through. I began, I'm not kidding. I began to see the faithfulness of God. And I was like, this is a good idea. I should give me more, you know. So, so then I upped my tithe and I did more and then I did more. And then I got to the place where I'm like, I'm doing the 10%, okay? You know, lay off, you know. Not really. I mean, I was just very happy because God was blessing us. Uh, I got an 18% uh, raise at my work. Okay. 
my boss called it a market adjustment raise. I was like, I don't care what you call it, man. I like it. Right? Okay. You know, God came through. God came through with my children as I'm looking at the, the stuff that they go through as a teenager and the terror that you feel as a parent of being completely out of control and all of the worry of they're going to careen their life off a cliff and all of those things as I put God first, as I walked in it. I didn't just say I was putting God first. I acted on my belief in the faithfulness of God. I saw God come through time after time after time. And that increased my faith to the point that it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you want me to put you first in that area? Uh, okay. We'll give it a shot. Okay. A little bit at a time. Good, good. Okay. I'm good. Right. That's how you do that. Um, Jesus pointed out the faithfulness of God here in verse uh, 32. He says, for the pagans. Now, just so you know. The pagans here, that's not a derogatory term. Um, Actually, the Greek is pointing to the word Gentiles, which was a term for people who were not of the Jewish nation. Um, Here he's really telling you, you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, with God. Unbelievers, non-believers could be stated that way. For non-believers, people who aren't looking to God to, to meet their needs, they run after these things. Food, shelter, clothing, all those things. They, they don't have a concept of putting uh, their faith in God to p- supply all their needs. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Your, your heavenly father knows that you need them. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. The interesting thing here in the Greek is this. The, the, it's kind of like Yoda. I think George Lucas took this from the Greek language, okay? But Yoda always says things, you know, do or do not. There is no try. You know, it's always reversed around because what Yoda is saying first is the important part of the sentence. In Greek, you can do the same thing. They rearrange the sentence so that they can say the, you know, be home at eight or I'll be upset. You know, it's, now it's I'll be upset if you're not home. You know, it's that thing. They can switch it around. So, in this, in this verse, it actually says this. It's uh, translated here, and, but it's actually four. Four has known. Four has known is what it says. What that means is it's not that God knows. See, we were sitting there, you know, driving with crazy in the passenger seat, trying to run this thing down, and we're yelling at God saying, didn't you see this coming? Did you, I mean, do you have no idea what's going on here? I feel like you don't even know. For has known. That means that before you were born, before the creation, God knew what you needed today. In this situation that you're going through right now, God has known what you need. Jesus is saying, we know. We're on it. Right? Your heavenly Father has got this. The word for father here is basically father. It's pater, which simply means dad, father, right? Your father, you know, the guy who's responsible for you, the guy who's responsible for taking care of you has known, has known, right? Jesus is saying, you know, we've got this. We've got, it's okay, right? And he says, instead of worrying, instead of freaking out about tomorrow, instead of getting in and you know going anywhere with crazy in the, in the passenger seat, instead, seek first the kingdom of God. 
and his righteousness, right? Put us first. Put me first, God says. And my principles, righteousness. Put those first and, and what? And all the stuff that you're freaked out about, you'll have. It will be given. Not worked for. Not earned. Given. It'll be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So here's what Jesus did, okay? He took, like, all the things he was listing before, and he, and he labeled them tomorrow. While I've been talking, you've been thinking about some of the things that you're worried about, right? Your kids, work situation, whatever it is, some area. You've been thinking about stuff you've been worrying about, areas where God's probably not first because you're in the driver's seat. Right. Jesus just took that and labeled it tomorrow. He labeled it tomorrow. And basically he's saying, instead of worrying about tomorrow, look for a way to participate in what God is doing today. Right. When we when I taught on crazy busy, remember, I said, be looking for where God is working. It's the same thing. Be, be aware. Be focused on keeping God in the driver's seat. Right? Put him first. Don't worry about tomorrow. Know that if you're putting God first, you're putting his principles first in your life, <laughs> all these things will be added unto you. When the tornado hits, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So let me give you something practical. Okay? So three things practical Write it down, if you like, or type it in your phone. Text it to somebody you've been thinking about the whole service that needs to hear this. Because, you know, you don't. (laughs) Just kidding. I've done that so many times. All right, so they really need to hear this, you know. Yeah, me too. So first, begin your day by declaring your belief in the faithfulness of God. Okay, Begin your, here's the truth about worry. If you can get ahead of worry, you can usually stay ahead of worry. Okay? If you get ahead of worry, you can usually stay ahead of worry. Okay? But you have to, you have to start your day by declaring your belief in the faithfulness of God. Second part of this one is read Matthew 6, 25 to 34 straight through out loud and declare your trust in the Lord, right? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, okay? Two, how to put God first. Relabel your worry tomorrow. It's so much easier, and I'm worried about, oh, and this, and this, and this, and this, and look, it's all tomorrow, right? The reason it's labeled tomorrow is because it is tomorrow, and I brought it into today because of the sheer fact that I'm not sure I can cope with that. I'm not sure how I'll deal with that. There are all these other things. If that hits, what am I going to do? i got to somehow try to prepare. I, I don't want to live through that thing. It's all tomorrow. It's all tomorrow. Relabel your worry tomorrow. Okay? And then tell yourself, remind yourself, God knows what I need for tomorrow. I don't have to prepare. God is going to be with me tomorrow just like he's 
with me today. So I'm going to do today with God. And when I get to tomorrow, oh, it'll be today again. Oh, I'll do that today with God too. And I'll just continue to do today with him and his help. And he will get me where I need to be. Third thing is this. Um, when you worry about tomorrow, because it's going to come up. <laughs> tomorrow just keeps coming up, you know, like yesterday's lunch. When you worry about tomorrow, sorry, my wife's going to tell me about that later, honey. That was terrible. And I'll say, all the guys thought it was funny. All right, when you worry about tomorrow, look for a way to participate in what God is doing today, okay? Seek Him first, keep Him first. Okay, it takes two things to do this. Okay, consistency. You have to be consistent. Takes consistency. Two, probably more important, it takes intentionality. Do you know what happens when there's no intentionality? Nothing happens. Everything in existence happened because of intentionality. This pattern on this rug, someone intentionally came up with it. They shouldn't have, but they did. Okay? <laughs> the same. All right. So when you do this, when you, when you put God first, something, you receive something amazing. Okay? You receive something. So let's just try this for a minute. Okay? So just kind of, you know, stretch a little bit. Sit back in your seat. You know, keep your eyes open at least. Okay? I mean, if you have to close your eyes, okay, fine. But... Relax for a minute and just listen to my voice and what I'm saying while you're there. Relaxed, okay? Just imagine the things you've been worried about right now that we've been talking about, the thing you're worried about, just relax. Think about, imagine God is taking care of that thing. Imagine that you don't have to worry about that thing in the least. Okay? Just settle in that. God, you're taking care of it right now. You've got it right now. You've got this. What is, what is that feeling we're feeling right now? What is that? Peace? Is it peace we're at when we're there? I mean, isn't this what Jesus promised? Isn't this what he said when he said this in John fourteen twenty seven? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives, like they're chasing after. Not that. The peace I give. Because I got this. Because you can trust in my faithfulness. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be, bring that trouble. Don't borrow it. Smuggle it. Do not be afraid, he says. I got this. I got this. Believe in me. Act on your belief in me. Put me first. Put me first and I will demonstrate my faithfulness. Right? That's what God says. I'm faithful. You know, I didn't put this verse up, but it just came to mind. There's another place in the Old Testament where God's arguing with one of the major leaders for Israel, Moses. You've probably heard of him, right? They're arguing. And uh, God says, has my arm grown short? Am I not able to do this? 
God's arm hasn't grown short. And if we will get past the barrier of believing in the faithfulness of God and we take some steps in that direction, God will absolutely demonstrate his faithfulness. I, I can tell you time after time. Now, maybe you're here and you're saying this. Um, yeah, but like there are a couple times where God really didn't come through. Okay, we're talking about what you need versus what you want, number one. Two, I had a situation in my life where I thought that was the worst possible thing of how that could go. And I was trusting God for it and went the other way. Now I'm a lot older, a lot older, like 30 years older. I'm looking back at at that thing. Hear me now. I'm looking back at that thing and and I'm saying this. That was the best way for that thing to go. It was. I didn't like it. It was hard right there, but I made it hard on myself. You know, there was that cliff. I really shouldn't have gone off that one. But now that I'm over here, yeah, if I had just, ah, I hate this too for my life. If I had just believed in the faithfulness of God right here, when it didn't go the way I thought it should go, and I have walked with him, all of this mess that I made and some of this here and some of that there would not have happened, right? We can avoid these things. We can avoid these things if we choose to believe in God's faithfulness and we choose to put God first. Who's with me? Who's with me? Amen. So here's my challenge this week, real simply. Begin your day, bring in, not your day, every day. Bring, begin every day this week declaring your belief in the faithfulness of God and then take a step toward putting God first in that area that you were worried about today. <laughs> Try and pick something hard, okay? But if not, if you've got to go easy, go easy. But pick something where you, need, you know you need to be putting God first and you haven't. Take a step in that direction, okay? That's my challenge. Now, if you were here and you were, you're, you know, not a Christian, right? But you're, you're, you recognize that worry and all of those things have, have, have really impacted your life. And a lot of things that you wish you regret that have happened that you wish never happened. Um, could it, you see how it could have been avoided? Those things. And you want to put your faith in Christ. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in God and believe in God's faithfulness. I want to give you that opportunity right now. So if, you, if everybody just kind of for privacy, just kind of bow your heads, close your eyes. And for privacy's sake, um, if you're here today and, and you want God's, you want God in your life. You want to believe in God's faithfulness. And you want to enter in that relationship where where you can experience God in the, in, through, through Jesus Christ. Just raise your hand right now. Amen. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Fantastic. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer because really it's, it's a relationship. So it's not any different than a relationship with you have with anybody else. Um, and, and basically, this prayer is an invitation. You're saying, you're saying, okay, I want you to come into my life. 
Because God respects you. If you, want, if you don't want him in, he won't come in. So this is an opportunity to invite. You're using your authority over your life to invite him in. So let's, let's pray this prayer together. Everybody pray with me. Um, Christians, pray with me. And, and those of you who raise your hands and you want to start this relationship, let's just pray this prayer. Jesus, I invite you into my life. I yield to you. And I want to believe in your faithfulness. Help me. Walk with me. Guide me. Be my CEO. Lord, I've made mistakes. I ask that you would forgive me for those mistakes. Be a part of my life. I'm taking a step of trusting you now. Amen. Amen.